Amen and good morning. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties this morning, though I would much rather us have technical difficulties before we actually begin than in the middle of the service. So people who are watching online don't feel left out. I told them, don't worry, you have not missed a thing. We are just about to get started. So now that we are all here, good morning and welcome to worship all of you. It is wonderful to see you here. It is wonderful to know that folks are worshiping with us online. So no matter whether you are here in this place or joining us online, you are welcome to worship this morning. So as we join our hearts and our minds together, will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power while we are here in this place. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us as we turn to worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. To grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. 
Amen. Now please be seated. And will you join with me as we put our hearts and our minds together as we pray for peace. Now as we pray for peace, we do this with all of our heart and with all of our being. This is not just an act. This is not just something that we do. We don't just light a candle and and think that that's it. But when we pray for peace, friends, I need your hearts and your minds to join with me. I need us to pray for a day when there is peace. I need us to pray for a day when we will all see each other as brothers and sisters and there will be love among each and every single one of us. I need us to pray with every ounce of our being for peace. Are you ready to pray with me? And when we leave this place, we need this peace to be in our hearts. When we leave this place and we go out into this world, we need to be people who act with peace. We need to be people who respond with love and grace in everything that we do. It's not just lighting a candle. It is an act of our faithfulness. Now let us pray together. Lord, we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray for your peace that surpasses all human understanding, but we also pray, Lord, that your peace can prevail on earth. We pray for a day when there's no longer violence and hatred all around this world. We pray for a day when we can be instruments of your peace. We pray for a day when we can all see each other as brothers and sisters. We pray, Lord, for peace. And we know that if we want peace to exist in this world, then it begins with us. So Lord, bless us to be agents of your peace. Bless us to be agents of your love. And we pray, Lord, that there can be peace on earth. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Hi, Bernie, and good morning, kids. Brother, did you know that the other day was Earth Day? I sure did, and in honor of Earth Day, our dad planted 100 saplings this weekend. Wow! 100 saplings? Wait, saplings? What are saplings? Saplings are baby trees. Oh, that's awesome! Trees are really important. They give us clean air, they give us shade to rest under, they give us a nice place to, um, tinkle? Yes, Bernie. Trees are wonderful. They're an an important part of our environment, and as Christians, it's important that we take care of our environment, because we should always care for the earth that God gave us. Oh, wow. I never thought of it that way. God gave us only one earth, so we should take care of it. Hey, Walter, how do you think we should take care of the earth? I think people should not litter. Littering is really bad. You're right, Walt. Littering is really bad. Not only does littering look bad, but it's also really dangerous for wild animals. They get stuck in trash that's littered, And it can hurt them, or worse. What else do we do to help the environment? I always hear mom and dad tell the kids to turn off the lights. Turning off the lights when we leave the room is very important. Lights left on waste a lot of electricity every day. Wow, planting trees, 
cleaning up litter, and turning off the lights all seem like great ways for our humans to help God's beautiful Earth. Yes, they're all great ideas. Kids, even though Earth Day is over, God still wants us to work on caring for the Earth. Why don't you talk to your parents about ways that you can take care of the Earth today and every day? And kids, you are so great. I know that you're going to think of some really awesome ideas. Thanks for your help, kids, and have a great day. Bye, kids, and see you next week. We remember that when I say we know, you respond, God's love abides in us. As the weak realize their strength, as the poor eat and are satisfied, we know. As the stranger finds a friend, as the family offers forgiveness, we know. As the ends of the earth know of Christ's grace. We know. Amen. Secret in the quiet place, in the stillness you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you, cause I want to know you more.
to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more. I want to touch you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. Amen. And please be seated. Now we are going to read from the first letter of John. You will, if you're if you are at home and you have a Bible open, it might be hard to find the first letter of John because it's one of the small letters right towards the end of the Bible before we get to the book of Revelation. But the really interesting thing about all three of the letters of John is number one, we actually don't know that it was written by John. These letters are anonymous. Nowhere do they say that they're written by John. Tradition held that they were written by John because if you look through the letter, especially the first letter, if you kind of want to go home and compare the beginning of the first letter of John to the beginning of the gospel of John, you will see some similarities. So I think that's how it came so that it just became part of a tradition. But this letter and the two that follow it were letters that circulated from church and church or church to church and inspired people. And it's interesting, they were able to inspire people even though they weren't sure which one of the church leaders actually wrote the letter because sometimes we don't need to know for sure who the letter is from in order to be able to understand some of the wisdom that comes from it. So we call this letter the first letter of John, and we call the next two, second and third John, yet the author is actually a bit of a mystery, and yet the words are wise. So let's listen to these words. We are going to read from the first letter of John, chapter 3. We will read verses 11 through the end of the chapter. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 11. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who was evil and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth, and we will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we, re- and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments And we do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this, we know that he abides in us 
by the Spirit that He has given us. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day. Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. 
Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say, not only here in this place but out there in this world, can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Now this letter that we just read from was written to encourage Christians to live good and holy lives. Now it was only written to encourage Christians to live good and holy lives, not to live judgmental and holy lives like the Pharisees and priests that had been before them. This was always like a, a thin line that the apostles had to, had to walk when they were trying to express what they meant to the early church. They wanted people to live in the best and, and the holiest way that they could. They wanted people to live like Jesus, but they didn't want people to be so consumed with living a good and holy life that they suddenly became like the Pharisees. So it was a, a thin line that they had to walk as they tried to explain what this meant. But what this author is trying to get us under, to understand is that if we are to live good and holy lives, then that should be evident in truth and in action. So we shouldn't just say one thing and act a different way, but we should say one thing and we should walk in that way. Essentially, in a nutshell, if we were to wrap up this whole entire letter, which is truly a beautiful letter, then we would understand that since we are children of God, and since we believe in the name of God's Son, then we should choose to abide in God. That's the phrase you're going to hear again and again in this letter. And when we abide in God, everything that we do should be done out of love. Everything that we do should be done out of love. Is that easier said than done? <laughs> Is it easier to say we're going to do everything out of love than to actually do everything out of love? Of course, it, you know, but what does this mean? How are we supposed to do everything out of love or at least do most things out of love? I mean, nobody's going to be perfect. Anybody perfect here? Because I know I'm not. Uh, you know, that, so we're not going to do absolutely everything perfectly out of love. But what does this mean if we want to try to do everything out of love? Well, let's start with verse 17. Will you flip to verse 17 for for me. One more. There we go. Let's start with this verse. Verse 17. It says, how does love, God's love, abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? I find this verse convicting. How about all of you? How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? So what does this mean? Well, I'm going to tell you first about my friend Jeremy. So I'm going to tell you about my friend Jeremy. Uh, you guys remember, those of you who have been here for a long time, before we had our two current golden retrievers, we had our two older golden retrievers. One of them was Kayla. Kayla actually used to be Jeremy's dog. I'm going to tell you about Jeremy, though. Jeremy and I had two very different paths to seminary. I went straight from high school to college to seminary. I didn't skip a beat. I was definitely one of the youngest people. Jeremy, on the other hand, grew up in a very different kind of place than I did, and he's even from the South. And then he had a military career for 13 years. He was in the Army. And only after those 13 years in the Army, then did he get his college degree, and then did he go to seminary. And when he went to seminary, he came from a very different place than I did, and yet we became close friends right away, and we enjoyed our three years in seminary together. 
Well, when we were in seminary together for these three years, I think this was in our last year, which would have been like 13 years ago. How does time fly so quickly? So it would have been like 13 years ago. And I remember it was a a beautiful April day, and it was a hot April day, because you know April is like hit or miss. You either have snow or it's 90 degrees, and you never know. Well, this was one of those hot April days, and I remember Jeremy and I had been in class together, and then we were walking, and we were talking, and then I went to go get to my car because I lived outside of the city of Boston, so I had to go drive home, and I go to get to my car, and here's me, so if this would have been, I would have been like 24 years old or something. I'm walking to my car, and I'm about to get into my car, and I go, oh, darn it. Guess what happened to my tire? I have a flat tire. Now, I'm going to tell you, I grew up with three brothers. Yes, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yes, I know how to do a lot of things. Do you think that I know how to change a tire? Nope, no idea whatsoever, and it had never happened to me before. In all my years of driving, I had never had to change a tire. I'd always had new tires, but I had managed to go over something on those Boston roads that destroyed my tire. So I'm standing there looking at my car, looking at my tire, and I am thinking, oh, goodness gracious, what do I do now? And you know me, this is me who I'm thinking, I could probably figure this out. You know, I'm a tough person. I think I could probably figure this out. And it's before we could have YouTube on our phones every second. If this was today, I bet you that I would watch a YouTube video and figure it out on my own. But it wasn't today. It was like 13 years ago. And so there I am staring at my car, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I knew Jeremy had to, had, probably had something else to do, but I had just been with him. So I, I picked up my phone, and I knew Jeremy knew how to change a tire. So I picked up my phone, and I called Jeremy, and I said, hey, Jeremy, guess what? I've got a flat tire. No joke. The next thing I know, Jeremy is running towards me. He's not just walking, or, and I didn't hear any oh, I've got places to be, oh, I'm in a rush, nothing like that. I heard like, okay, click, and next thing I know, there's Jeremy running right towards me in a nice little jog heading my way, and then he comes. Not only does he change my tire, but he also teaches me how to do it because he knows I'm a tough person. I want to know how to change my tire in case this happens again. So not only does he change my tire for me, but he teaches me how to do it, and then that's not enough. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jeremy, you're awesome, but I have to get out of the city Boston. I'm not driving out of the city of Boston on a donut, so I'm going to go down to a shop down the road. That's not enough for Jeremy. He needs to go with me to make sure everything's okay before finally he says goodbye. Do you know that God's love abides in a friend? When that friend does whatever they can do to help a friend in need, I can still picture, even though this was 13 years ago, I can still picture Jeremy jogging down the road straight towards me to come and to help. God's love abiding in us means that we do whatever we can do to help a friend in need. God's love abiding in us also looks like a chef at the women's lunch place or a women's lunch shelter. This is another place in Boston, but it's where I took our teenagers. Zach would have been with us, uh, where we took our teenagers a, a few years ago when we were in Boston on a mission trip. And I took a, a small group into Boston one day where we went to the women's lunch shelter. And we were able to feed uh, people that day and work with people. But God's love abiding in us looks like the chef who used to be a chef at some of the fanciest restaurants. She used to be a chef at some of the top-end restaurants, but then for whatever reason, she ended up finding her way to the shelter. And every single day, she goes in and she cooks breakfast and lunch for hundreds of people who are in need, while all of her other co-workers are busy providing services for those in need. 
And not only does she do that, but she also teaches volunteers like us how to do it every single day because every day there's new volunteers and every day with a smile on her face she has to teach us how to do what she needs us to do god's love abiding in us looks like someone who leaves a much more financially stable career to go and to help feed those in need God's love abiding in us looks like a man who sees someone who has no shoes, a homeless person with no shoes, and he sees that man who has no shoes, and he has nice sneakers on his feet, but he takes off his nice sneakers and gives them to the man who has no shoes because he knows that he needs them more than he does. God's love abiding in us looks like a father that when his son comes out to him as gay doesn't say anything harsh but instead embraces him and loves him. And then when he realizes that the church that they attend is not welcoming to young gay people, he goes and he finds a new church that will welcome them both as they are. God's love abiding in us looks like whenever we do something that is not for us, but it's for somebody else, that's what means that God's love abides in us. God's love abiding in us looks like all of our volunteers who are here, who fed 160 people. And I see some of you guys knowing that you were here yesterday. God's love abiding in us looks like us taking the time off on our Saturday in order to feed people, in order to cook for people, in order to take care of people. That's what it looks like when God's love abides in us. Believe it or not, it's actually not that complicated. God's love abiding in us looks like us when we do something that is good, when we do something that is selfless, when we do something to help those in need. And here's the thing, friends, when people look at us, they should know that we are followers of Christ. When people look at us, they should know that we're followers of Christ, but not because of the cross that we wear around our neck. That should not be the thing that tells them that we're followers of Christ. They should know that we are followers of Christ because of the way that we act, not because of judgmental words. If we're busy saying judgmental words, I think we're far too much like the Pharisees than we are like Jesus. But people should know that we are followers of Christ because of the way that we act, because everything that we do and everything that we say should be an act of love. And here's the thing. In this letter, if you go to the beginning of this letter, you're going to see that, that the author talks about sin a lot. And in Bible study, it was interesting because in this letter, he says that those who are followers of Christ do not sin. Now, I would love to say that I don't sin. I would love to say that. I would love to be able to say that I don't sin at all. But you know what? I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm human and I mess up. I don't know about you guys, but I think we're all human and we mess up sometimes. And I think that while we would love to not sin, there's probably plenty of things that we do that are a little bit sinful. But here's the thing that that the author is trying to get across that I think so many people miss when they read this letter, that sin is not whatever X, Y, and Z kind of thing people think that it is. Sin is whenever we do something that is in opposition to God's love. Sin is whenever we act in a way that is not an act of love. Sin is whenever we do something that is not embodying God's love. I think about it this way. I think that sin sends ripple effects throughout the world of hatred and violence. 
Sin sends ripple effects. I could be sinning by turning to Sue and saying hateful words to Sue because I could spew hateful words to Sue and then you know what? That's going to break her heart. And then what's Sue going to do? She's going to turn around and she's going to look at Paula and something's going to come out and maybe she's going to be more broken and she's going to pour that brokenness onto Paula and then she's going to turn around and it's going to continue. That's what sin does. Sin is whenever we do anything in opposition to God's love. When we hurt people, that is sinful. When we are violent, that is sinful. When we do something that pains other people, that is when we are in opposition of God's love. That is what sin is. And sin sends ripple effects of hatred and violence throughout the world. But do you know what happens when we abide in God's love? Because sin and abiding in God's love are complete opposite opposites. When we abide in God's love, we do good things. When we abide in God's love, we do things to lift people up. When we abide in God's love, we do selfless things that help other people. And here's what happens. You know I'm an image kind of person. I need to visually have everything worked out. When we abide in God's love, that means that God's love is acting and working through us. And when we abide in God's love, it's not these little ripple effects, but it's like massive waves of love and peace that go throughout the earth. When we abide in God's love, these massive waves of love and peace make their way not just from one person to the next but from one community to the next and friends we are called to abide in God's love and what that means is that even though we have free will to do whatever we want we have free will to hate as many people as we want we have free will to be judgmental hateful people and to go out there in the world and do whatever we want. But if we do that, are we abiding in God's love? If we turn around and spread little ripples of hate, if we turn around and hate people based on their ethnicity or their gender identity, if we turn around and we hate people and we spread ripples of hate throughout the world, are we abiding in God's love? Absolutely not. But when we abide in God's love, we choose love every moment. When we abide in God's love, we forgive people who have hurt us. When we abide in God's love, we share grace and we share mercy. When we abide in God's love, we give and we serve. We help to make this world a better place. When we abide in God's love, we do what we can to help make this world better. We give when we can. We take our shoes off and give them to somebody in need. We pay for somebody's coffee to make them have a better day. We step up and we intervene in a situation if somebody is being threatened. When we abide in God's love, we spread waves of peace and waves of love that are so much greater than those ripple effects of hatred and violence. So friends, this letter tells us to abide in God's love. We get to abide in God's love. We get to. It's a gift. We get to abide in God's love, and when we abide in God's love, God live, God's love lives within us. When we abide in God's love, grace and mercy spreads from one person and one community to the next. 
When we abide in God's love, hatred has no chance in this world. When we abide in God's love, we make a difference that is greater than any of this violence that exists out there in the world. When we abide in God's love, things can change. When we abide in God's love, what we ask for when we light that peace candle is possible. So let's abide in God's love with each other in this community out there in the world. And together, let's pray. Holy and loving God, you are love. You taught us love. You showed us love. You showed us, Lord, how to follow you, how to follow in your way. And so, Lord, we follow you. We are here to follow you today. We are here to be agents of your peace and your love. We turn to you today, Lord, because we love you and we choose to abide in your love. Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and your peace and give us strength to be agents of your love in this world. May they know that we are Christians because of our love, not by any hatred or violence or judgment, but by our love. And Lord, we pray this in every prayer through the words that Christ Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This is the call for offering. <clears throat> People can give online <clears throat> or in the basket in the back of the sanctuary. Doxology. Let's proceed then with the doxology. Gracious God, may this gift of healing transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.